you know, if, if we're in trouble or we have a question, I think the relationships have evolved from fun, you know, basketball games and competitiveness, maybe get carried away a little too much to, hey, how do I do this right? Welcome to the Nurse Surgery Podcast. I'm Mike Wang, and I'm here with my co-host, J.P. Colson. We are here to discuss all things neurosurgical. Hi, this is J.P. Colson, a resident in neurosurgery at Rush University. Please note that this is not a CME event, and the opinions and statements made in this podcast do not reflect those of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the Neurosurgery Podcast. We are continuing our mini-series on neurosurgery families, and today we are delighted to have a highly unusual and very special family with us. We are here with the Shakir family. The Shakir family in its uh, current generation has four physicians, three of whom are neurosurgeons, and they're all brothers. So picture like Band of Brothers, like the movie. Four brothers, three of them are neurosurgeons, which I think is such a such a unique and interesting uh, scenario, and we want to dive into that. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Glad Thanks to be here. So why don't we go by age uh, from oldest to youngest, and you guys introduce yourselves. Tell us very briefly about you know what your practice is and, and where you practice. All right. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Ahmed Shakir. I'm the oldest of the Shakir brothers. Um I practice in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, at an employed uh, group at Texas Health. Um, I went to school in, at Southwestern for medical school, and then residency in in the Medical College of Georgia, and then did a fellowship at Vanderbilt uh, in spine. Uh, so I pretty much practice spine and general surgery currently. And I am Bashir Shakir. And uh, I did medical school at Oklahoma before joining my brother for a few years at MCG. Uh, then went to uh, do a fellowship uh, at Miami with Dr. Wang for a few years before moving to the VA, back to my hometown, Oklahoma City, uh, for a few years. And currently I'm uh, in the Atlanta area um, working for Wellstar North Fulton. I do... Uh, General neurosurgery with an emphasis on complex and minimally invasive spine stuff. And uh, if people ask me my hobbies, I guess I'd have to say I enjoy listening to oldies uh, and classic rock music and uh, reading. I'm Hakeem Shakir. Um, I'm a uh, assistant professor of neurosurgery at the University of Oklahoma. I uh, did my undergraduate and medical school training at the University of Oklahoma, and then went to residency at SUNY Buffalo with Ilad Levy and Adnan Siddiqui. Uh, did the fellowship there as well in endovascular, and then came back to Oklahoma City to uh, settle down and uh, start my practice. I was initially at a hospital-based uh, job and then transitioned to the university uh, just this year. Uh, and I'm Mubeen. Uh, I am the youngest of the four and also the uh, only one who's not a neurosurgeon in the group. Um, I went to undergrad at the University of Oklahoma, just like uh, older three, 
I took a slight detour um, and went to the University of Oxford on a Rhodes Scholarship where I studied uh, health policy, did my uh, medical training at Harvard, and now I'm a third-year internal medicine resident at Massachusetts General. Well, great. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Now, I know Bashir the best because he spent time with us in Miami, and I remember when he was here, I was reading an article that was published in a local paper in Oklahoma about your father. And uh, your father, who's now passed away, I believe he was a, a medicine doctor, a cardiologist. And um, the thing that the articles note about, notable about in the obituary was that, you know, it noted that in, in terms of when people are buried in a cemetery, that typically uh, they're separated or segregated by religion. In other words, uh, if you're from a Muslim family, you're in a different portion of a cemetery or whatnot. And that this article is indicating that your father really reached out and built a, a, a cemetery, if you will, in Oklahoma City, where Muslims and Jews and Christians could all be together in peace after they pass. And, and to me, that was such a uh, compelling and impactful statement of humanity that I can see why uh, he had raised four great sons. But I'd never met your father. And so tell me, and maybe I'll direct this to Bashir, because Bashir I know best. Tell me about what it was about your father that allowed him, because I know a lot of neurosurgeons are thinking, how do I get my kids to be doctors or neurosurgeons? What was it about him that motivated all of you to go into this noblest of professions? Was it, was it how he raised you? Was it what he told you? Was it something genetic? Like, t- tell me, Bashir, what is it that was unique about your home? Well, gosh, that is a... That's a tough one, Dr. Wang. Uh, I guess I should have expected that question, though, today. Um, you know, both my parents are physicians, and so he was an interventional cardiologist. My mom's a retired anesthesiologist, so maybe uh, maybe we just lack creativity. But I like to think um, he had a very dynamic and uh, charismatic personality, and I think he had one that allowed you to spread your wings and you know figure things out. But he was not afraid to nudge you um, in the, re- the direction he he thought you needed to go. Um, you knew where you stood with him. He had an ambition and a drive um, and a passion. And I think maybe, you know, when I think about why we're physicians and why three of us are neurosurgeons, it's maybe because there's, um, you know, there's a there's a, a boldness he had Um I think there's an, he imparted sort of um, a willingness to take on a challenge and do something that's not easy, that's that's daunting, and he was not afraid to be wrong. Let's put it that way. And at the end of the day, I think he genuinely enjoyed reaching out to people. He was a very gregarious person and, and truly enjoyed helping people on a on a personal level and. And just a, a very compassionate person also. Wow, what, what a beautiful sentiment and a beautiful way to, to remember him. The influence he must have had on you is, of course, obvious, as you said, in the, in the fields that you all chose, but it's obvious in the way that you speak of him. Um, I, however, would like to turn my question to Mubin, my spiritual brother in your group. I, too, am the youngest in a large family. Um, I'm the last of six, most of them girls. I have one older brother. Um, but I know in my family, as I've talked about on the show before, my father's an attorney. Three of my older siblings followed him into law. And so kind of, as you said, you took a novel road in your career with your time in England, 
and we'll get into, you know, going into a different specialty within the medical profession. But I too kind of branched off within my family. And despite having grown up around all these people who were pursuing the same career path, pursuing the same profession, went in a different direction. So I wonder what your experience was like growing up in a medical family, seeing your brothers ahead of you go into medicine, pursue the same specialty. What was the pressure like to follow in their footsteps? Or was it a very open and encouraging family when you decided to branch out and do things differently? Yeah. Um, question I uh, question I get a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I think first I just have to say that, you know, I, uh, you know, my parents obviously, as Bashir mentioned, were a, were a big influence. Both my physicians were, both my parents were physicians. Um, and then I think, you know, uh, to be honest, my Ahmed, my oldest brother is 12 years older than me. And so um, I think by the time when I was in second or third grade, he was already a medical student. Um, and, you know, I was still in high school when Hakeem, who's closest to me in age, um, had started and was close to finishing medical school. And so, you know, the medical profession kind of was around me my whole life. Um, I didn't really uh, branch out too far because I still uh, became a doctor. But I think, you know, I saw in, in the family at least a, a, a deep fulfillment that everyone got from their work, that um, despite the kind of rigors of the job, from my parents down to my brothers, I saw that this was something that they truly wanted to do and truly wanted to be excellent at. I think, you know, in terms of pressure, you know, I think the age difference kind of, uh, you know, g- gave me a little slack. I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't competing or right next to these guys as they were as they were growing up. Um, but I think, you know, there was obviously influence. And I think when I was in medical school and the question questions began, you know, what are you going to do? What specialty are you going to do? Definitely there was a, uh, you know, a little bit of, hey, you know, you should consider neurosurgery or why not neurosurgery? But I think ultimately, you know, these guys and, and my parents were, as Bashir mentioned, there was, there was a lot of openness and there was, you know, it's more about doing what you want um, and finding fulfillment in the work and being impactful in the work that I think motivated me. And so certainly, certainly influence, but I don't think I ever felt like a, a pressure to, to be like Mike in any sense. Yeah. So let me, let me turn my attention now to Ahmed, you're the oldest, right? Yes. Yeah. So you were the one who blazed the trail. You were the, I assume the first neurosurgeon in your family. Mm-hmm. And when you did that, obviously, you know, you, you had agency and you did it. And then you look back behind you and you see your brothers following behind you. How did you, how did that make you feel? Like, were you proud or you're like, wait a minute, these guys are trying to show me up. How did you feel about like brother after brother following behind you like that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's definitely pride. I, I don't think they could show me up. Uh, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> But the story is not over yet. I guess they they can still have a chance to show me up. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I didn't really compete with them. Uh, you know, like you say, when you're the first, you're just really competing against yourself. And so, um, you know, when they started following, you know, in the path, uh, there was really it was it was uh, it was uh, something just like okay, great. Uh, you know, welcome to the welcome to the club kind of thing. Well, I I know that an interesting aspect of this conversation, as I said, I have a brother. I am a brother. Doctor Wang also has a brother who's a physician, and from what I'm told, is a polar opposite personality to him. And so the idea he's the exact opposite. He is the exact. 
you would never even recognize him as being related to me. Well, perhaps we should have him on the show. Um, but actually, as we're recording, I'm visiting my own brother. I'm sitting locked in an office in his room, uh, praying for silence. And it just makes me think about not just the role of these relationships within neurosurgery and thinking about us as neurosurgeons, but just thinking about us all as brothers. And so I, I wonder if that relationship within families is any different with someone who winds up in our field and how the influence that the work that we do has on us as individuals also influences our relationships in our families and our roles as brothers. So I wonder, what was your family like when you were all growing up? Was you know, I, I think about memories I have with my brother, the phases in our lives where we would constantly fight, the phases in our lives where we both kind of mellowed out and matured. So when, when you were all, you said there's a 12-year age gap. So when you look back, maybe we could um, start and go from the top down and think about um, what were your relationships like as you all aged and matured at your various stages in life? So I'll take this. Um, so for me, um, our house was a was a fun, lively, um, just and, and competitive house, right? Like um, I think there was one summer uh, where my dad introduced us to chess, and I think Mubin was the only one who was a little bit uh, young to get into this. But the three brothers, the three older brothers, because we were you know closest in age, Mubin was the baby, and. Um, didn't really know how to play it at that time. We were playing essentially round robin chess with each other because, you know, if, if Ahmed beat me, then I wanted to do, it was like NBA. I was like, I want a best of seven series. And then we would take that series to another, you know, it'd be 10, 15. And so, and, and the funny thing is, is that he may say he was like, yeah, I didn't really care, but he was keeping score. <laughs> and, and, and the same thing with Bashir and the same thing with me. Um, so growing up in our house was, it, we had a lot of fun. We, um, we played basketball. We did everything that any other normal, um, you know, kids would do at that age. But I think at the end of the day, we were, the expectations were set with, uh, by our parents, um, to perform at, and perform at high levels. And we, I think all generally, generally embraced that, um, you know, each brother was probably better at a certain thing than the other. But, uh, you know, I just remember uh, having a lot of fun and, and working hard. But the, the, the thing about our parents was, you know, Southeast Asian parents are from India. They're immigrants. So, you know, my, my, I, I, again, in the summertime, uh, a lot of my classmates were going to camp, summer camps and doing sports camps and stuff. I would wake up and my mom would have left out um, math homework for me to finish because she didn't want me to get rusty before the next school, the next school year started. Um, so that's just a couple anecdotes from our childhood. But um, I think we had, we had a lot of fun growing up and uh, big brother, you want to carry that on? Uh, which one? You go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. So John Paul, that's a great question. And I think Hakeem is right in saying that we were a competitive household, but we had fun. Sometimes things do get a little too competitive, you know, either racing in the swimming pool or you know, we played a lot of basketball in the driveway. Um, but I think there was ultimately, as we've grown up, you know, a maturity and a balance uh, more so for so-and-so does this well. So-and-so does not do that great. Um, 
there is still sometimes a little brother big brother dynamic um you know there are some i'll i will t call text ahmed and say hey how do i do this or you know just yesterday i was like hey what do you think about this when you're in this situation and it's nice he does spine because we can we can commiserate um and you know that i think that competitiveness still is there we all want to and it's almost it's almost like a microcosm for neurosurgery we we kind of want to be the big dog we want to be the guy people come to we want to excel at what we do but at the same time you know we're in this together and you know if if we're in trouble or we have a question i think the relationships have evolved from fun you know basketball games and competitiveness maybe get carried away a little too much to hey how do i do this right and it's nice to have somebody um or a few people actually you know patting you on your back and saying hey this stuff happens don't worry about it or try this and i might add perhaps most unique it affects the job because you have somebody who can do that in a very forthright way and you can actually and you know hakeem and i briefly actually used to scrub together um and do cases together when we were both in oklahoma city it's nice to have somebody on your team and who can also be upfront honest with you and kind of say look just hold calm down for a sec let's think about this yeah that's a that's a very interesting theme and you see that play out a lot in hollywood i was watching Black Widow last night, the, the Marvel comics movie. And, uh, and I'm reminded about how it's a theme that like, like in a river, river runs through it with Brad Pitt, that brothers start out as being very competitive to when they're young. And then as they become older, they become lifelong friends or allies. And in that end, like, do you think that you guys could ever see yourselves practicing together, like in a neurosurgery supergroup? Well, you know, that, uh, was, something I wasn't crazy about in training, you know, you don't think too much about it, but you think oh, that might be cool. And as you get out and, you know, it's certainly possible uh, <laughs> for to align three uh, people uh, in the same town who kind of do the same thing would be kind of a market shift. I personally could really dig that. And in many ways it would be fun provided we didn't kill each other uh, in the process. Um, you know, it could it's something that is possible though not terribly probable i guess just the way we, we are uh, geographically and how things work logistically you know um as a side note my um dad has two brothers who um are are physicians uh, he has three brothers uh two of them are physicians and they also used to work together in the same town uh one of them is an interventional cardiologist just like him and I used to hear about, you know, their tips and their, their, uh, the problems they had. But also, I got to see firsthand the benefit of having somebody in town covering your practice, you know, giving you advice, etc. Now, Bashir, you and Hakeem trained at the same residency, correct? No, Ahmed and I did. Oh, you and Ahmed. And then you and Hakeem worked at the same place. Yeah, we did yeah. briefly. <laughs> Okay, so who's easier to follow or who's easier to be behind? The dynamic is different. With Ahmed, you know, he was my big brother. And like a big brother, he was could be protective and take me aside and say, hey, watch it or watch out for this or do this and, you know, encourage you. But then it was also weird because he was the big brother during the residency and you are unable to differentiate or distinguish what happened at home 20 years ago from what's happening right now in the operating room or, or in the ER. So he might, you know, he might have, you know, yelled at me a little bit more than he yelled at uh, somebody else. 
it's it, it was actually nice because it scared people and made them feel sorry for me. So I had the sympathy on my side. I with Hakeem, you know, we worked together in the OR. We were more uh, sort of on equal footing. But again, you I I have to you'd have to ask Hakeem about that. You have to it's it's not the same. The professional distance is not there, and you have to kind of remind yourself there are people in here watching us. Um, it's, it's, you know, you're still talking to your little brother. You're still talking to your big brother, but as adults, hopefully it's, it's, it's something that's a little year, bit more contained. Year, I think it was one, I think it was one, uh, spine case. I can't remember what we were doing, like an O lift or a T lift or something. And I was like, but this is my case. This is my patient. And I, and I, and I remember somebody was like, man, you guys are, you, you guys are like, uh, going at each other. And I was like, I mean, we, we are brothers after all. But, you know, the case went well, but there were those moments, I think, even within the case, like you said, where it's, it's you're in the moment, you go back to being um, 17, 18 years old and, and kind of jawing at each other. And uh, you, you. Yeah, forget. Hakeem, Hakeem, that was not one case. That was every other case. OK, but that was one specific case where somebody commented to me about you're it. You're right. You're right. I, I remember. And so you, you start jawing at each other and. Uh, you know, um, well, no, I think this should go there, or no, I think you're you're doing this wrong, so on and so forth. But um, I, I mean, it was fun. We had a, I, th I thought we had an overall good time um, uh, working with each other. And and to Dr. Wang's point, um, it would be nice to to work in a in a super group with each other because who else, in theory, has your best interests than your own your own blood, your own family, right? So. I think when we, you know, when we talk about being in these practices in these groups, you're always like, oh, well, I hope the culture is good. I hope, you know, uh, my my colleagues are going to cover me when I'm gone and they're going to look out for me. And so the idea of working together as brothers has always been something, um, you know, to think about. And that uh, I think I probably been the most uh, excited and eager about through this whole process because of that very uh, concept of who is going to take care of you and who's going to look out for you better than your own family? Oh, I was going to say, it's the most common question I get when I, when I tell people that I have three older brothers who are neurosurgeons and then I, and they ask, and they ask me where they're all at. And I say, they're all in different cities. Um, and everyone's kind of just incredulous and is just like, why don't they all just work together? And, you know, life and logistics kind of, uh, get in the way, but you know, I, I, yeah, I think, you know, some someday down the road, if these guys, if if life can align, it would be amazing to see. Yeah. So Mubin, actually, I wanted to ask you because we're talking about the level of trust you can have with your brother and and texting questions and kind of side consults because you know you're going to get honest, direct advice and feedback on performance. So Mubin, you're going down the path of medicine. Have you already started getting text messages like, oh, oh God, what what's the dose for this medication and what, what do I do with this guy inpatient? Because I, you know, my brother's an attorney. If I get as much as a parking ticket, I call him immediately to say, oh, okay, what do I do with this? So is it, do you get any informal medical consults or do they mostly just kind of tease you for not going into neurosurgery? Yeah. I mean, I think as I've uh, progressed in residency, I, the, the, you know, e-consults have increased a little bit more. I, I used to, I, I you know, I used to uh, we on our we used to have on our brother's thread when I was in medical school, and these guys were still either at the end of their training or uh, at the early start of their um, practice. You know, they used to. I, I distinctly remember getting you know pictures of films and things like that. You know, 
questions about cases that they were asking each other. And then suddenly, I think around the time when I decided I wasn't going to be a surgeon, I kind of got dropped from that thread and they started their own uh, internal uh, discussion just because, you know, there was there's no point in me being on anymore, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, every once in a while I get a question about antibiotics or something like that. But, you know, fortunately, all no, the, all we ask you about COVID. I ask you about COVID. Oh, yeah, that's true that, you know, as, as <laughs> I think these guys were spared uh, working in uh, ICUs and taking care of a lot of COVID patients, which has been a lot of my residency. Uh, and so I, I do get a lot of questions about that from them. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, these guys all have, uh, you know, great medicine docs at their hospitals that they can trust, but I'm happy to be the kind of extra, extra ear if, if needed. Yeah, you know, Mubin, I'm actually very disappointed in you because when Bashir <laughs> was here in Miami, I told him that I was going to write an article when I was the editor of the AANS newsletter about this band of brothers. And, you know, we were waiting, I think you were in medical school and we were waiting for you to pick neurosurgery. And when that happened, we were going to write this article together, Bashir and I were. And then you basically dashed those hopes. But anyhow, that aside, um, I get a lot of emails from people out there now uh, since this podcast has really blown up. And I got to say, we just passed a quarter million listens, which, I mean, look, we're not trying to approach a general audience out there. We have a very narrow focus. And there have been a number of emails, I know JP's seen them, from parents of aspiring neurosurgeons saying, hey, my son or daughter is thinking about neurosurgery. They started listening to this. And then I started listening as a parent, right, as a tiger mom maybe or something like that or a hovering helicopter parent. And I really liked it. And I wanted to thank you for the advice that you've given my, my progeny. Now, looking around, I mean, you guys have been so successful for generations. If you were to offer up advice to parents who, who have a young budding neurosurgeon or even just a doctor, what kind of advice would you guys offer? And let's start, let's start with, uh, with Mubin from the bottom and work, work our way up. Yeah, so I, I obviously can't comment on the, on the neurosurgery front. I mean, I think that um, I, 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 I kind of have to take it back to, to my, my parents and then you know, these three guys, um, I think, you know, the value of education and, and, and hard work is kind of just, you know, there's no, there's no price tag on it. I think, you know, that's what I saw. That's what I saw growing up. Um, I think as kind of the stories kind of emphasizes as, uh, the children of immigrants, uh, we, we saw how hard our parents worked to get a foothold in this country and we kind of emulated that. Um, but I think, you know, the, the most important thing, and now that I'm, I'm looking at the end and look at the end of residency here is kind of, you really have to like want to do this, you know? Um, and, and once, once that's realized, then I think the other things just have to come into play, which is I think hard work and finding the right mentors and, um, you know, finding work that's fulfilling. And I think for me, I'll say that these three guys, despite myself, not, you know, joining the, 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 the brotherhood of neurosurgery, have always been my my chief mentors, and so I think you know finding people who are at, who will advocate you, who will steer you down the right path, I think is most important. And that started with my parents, and then these guys. And uh, so for me, I think um, a simple adage: ambition is useless without effort. Um, and it's one of those things where uh, you know you can see all these people working hard around you. You uh, have a goal in mind, but to achieve that goal it's going to take work and it's going to take effort. Um, and furthermore, when you do find something you like, you have to be passionate about it. Like what gets me out of bed every morning and sometimes 
you know, at 3 a.m. to do a to do a stroke or an aneurysm rupture is I love my job. Like that, it gets me going. Like there is nothing more exciting than doing that. And you have to have passion about what you do, um, I think. So finding something you love and being really passionate about it, that helps to get to that goal. Yeah, you know, as I, as I was listening to these answers, uh, <clears throat> JP and Dr. Wang, you can I can definitely tell we were raised by the same parents and definitely the same father. Um, you know, I, as, a, as a child, I was always told, you know, that hard work is very important. And I remember, uh, you know, watching um, basketball in the late 80s and my dad saying, if you want to be an NBA champion, you have to play 72 games. Then you have to go to the playoffs and, you, you know, we were listening to music on the way to school. He said, to write a good song, it takes effort. And you it, you don't get it right the first time. It's not just all like a big party, like a rock star. All that takes work. So first and foremost for anybody, you got to, the hard work is part of neurosurgery. And, you know, that's not to say that residency hasn't changed in decades, but some people will describe us as masochists. I think like these guys said, uh, like Hakeem said, you do have to be passionate about what you do. And fortunately, I'm very grateful that I love what I do and that makes it so much more fun and, you know, sustains an ongoing interest in getting better continuously and thinking about new things. I guess what I would advise a parent is, you know, direct your kid in the direction you already see them going. If they love something, grow that passion because that's ultimately what's going to let you be great at what you do is that you love something. Everybody has different gifts and talents, and some people have multiple, and some people have few. But if you love what you're doing, that's really going to drive you for the rest of your life. And the discipline and the the work ethic will come. Well, I guess I mean the first thing uh, is that you know being a physician is you know is a is somewhat of a you know desire to be one. So I think any any parents who want to push kids who aren't interested in 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 being a doctor, I think is a, is a mistake. Um, so there has to be at least a little bit of desire, but I think, you know, knowing your child's talents, um, and, and their uh, work ethic, because I think being a doctor, at least in my mind is mostly perspiration. There's not a whole lot of inspiration, um, unless you become, you know, one of those elite, elite physicians. So, to me, being a doctor is, you know, desire to take care of patients well, and putting the effort into it, and getting the uh, satisfaction of, you know, seeing a job well done, which translates into, you know, good patient outcomes. So, you know, we were always pushed to, you know, pursue education, 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 um, and also to do the best that we could, whatever it may be. You know, I remember our parents told us, if you want to be you know, garbage man, that's fine, but be the best garbage man that you can be. Um, so I think it's all about, you know, pursuit of excellence uh, and, uh, and you know, putting the effort into that. Well, I, I think the common thread through all of your answers was, of course, the influence your parents had on you, the, the discipline and drive that they helped instill and grow in each of you, but also the passion for your work and the love of what you're doing. And I am sitting here on the show experiencing exactly that. You know, we, we started this podcast to get to know the people within this field of neurosurgery 
and this series in particular to take a closer look at the personal lives and the family relationships and dynamics. And obviously, anyone who goes into medicine has an interest in people, I think. And for me to get this insight into such a unique family dynamic and to get these little snippets, these moments where you guys started going at each other, it's such a genuine human experience. And you all have such a unique family that it's really a privilege to sit here and get to talk with you about it and get to explore it with you. So I want to thank all of you. Again, I'm going to bring my bias and I'm going to start at the bottom. Mubin, Hakeem, uh, Bashir, and Ahmed, thank you so much for coming on the show today uh, and joining us on the Neurosurgery Podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us.